sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Is pushing the odds. Pushing the odds. Live from Las Vegas. Vegas, baby, Vegas! Here's your host, Matt Peralt. What's up, guys? Welcome to Las Vegas. It is Pushing the Odds here on Sports Good Channel 204 on Sirius XM. Matt Peralt with you. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt here for our exclusive one hour spot on Sports Grid before we welcome in Sports Map Radio for one more hour. We continue for two hours here, 12 to 2, every single weekday for Pushing the Odds. You guys can text the show at 702 751 Matt. That's 702 751 6288. Lots to come on the program today, including the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sherapan joining us for his normal Thursday special. Spot. I'll tell him games I like. He will say bet it or book it tonight. Have you seen the line movement for the Warrior game tonight against the Orlando Magic? Opened up at 5. It's to 9 now. I mean, everyone hammering the Warriors tonight. I'm on 5. I bet it overnight, but whew, that's a lot of line movement. Uh, 10 and 15, the Orlando Magic against the spread. I hate being involved in a game with this much steam, it scares the living daylights out of me because so many often, so often in the NBA, when you see line movement like this, we're wrong. <laughs> like we're just, we're not going to wind up being right. In the COVID era, I can't tell you how many times I've been burned by this. I, I you know, there is something to be said for closing line value, and it's great to have the best number on the board. It, it, it's great to have. You know, you're sitting there with four points of closing line value or maybe even more before that game tips off tonight. But I can't tell you how many times I've been burned over the last month to two months with being on the wrong side of this. And it's weird. I don't know why, because there's a big argument about closing line value in the sports betting community about you want the best line, you want the best value. And hey, if you lose, that's fine. But you were on the right side. You got the best number. And that's great. Well, the best number doesn't cash tickets. It you think it might, right? Oh, you want the no? It, it just it doesn't always. And that's my all, all. Just my recent history with this is I'm I'm like you know what guys I may tell you to bet the magic tonight and take the nine points because you know there's a good shot that my minus five is going to wind up getting you know set on fire because everyone's going in one direction and I don't like being involved in that one direction like we talked about on Sunday for the Super Bowl. I didn't like it. Everyone's on the the KC Chiefs. I went the other way and took the Bucs. That's where I like to be. I would prefer to be on, you know, on the book side, and I would prefer to be away from all the steam and away from all the general that the public as everybody is jumping in on this game tonight in the NBA. So that's not great. Got a couple of college basketball games we'll talk about tonight. I want to take a second here at the top just to say something as a Boston sports fan, which is really remarkable. So the Boston Red Sox traded away one of their best young players yesterday and Andrew Benintendi. In 2008, the Boston Red Sox outfielder was outfield was Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Andrew Benintendi. The Boston Red Sox outfield this year is going to be nothing like that. And Fenway Park is a really tough place to play in the outfield. If you aren't prepared, if you aren't elite, uh, this is going to be a really tough couple of years in the city of Boston when it comes to sports. 
there's been a standard that has been set for the better part of 20 years. And when you're 20 and you're about to turn 21, my sister is 21, and the only thing you've ever lived through is championship parade after championship parade, and you've never seen the losing, you've never seen the down and the disgusting 2-14 and 14 football season. You haven't seen the Boston Garden being half empty. You haven't seen Fenway Park with a team that could only win 80 games. You don't know what that's like. I'm 43. I've lived through everything. I've lived through the ups and the downs. I've lived through when Boston was considered a laughingstock of the sports world. I mean, we were Tampa for a while, right? And now Tampa's not Tampa anymore. <laughs> and Tampa is now the new place, right? It looks like Boston from a couple of years ago with the Lightning and the Rays in the World Series and the Buccaneers defending champs, right? They're all, they only have three teams, <laughs> and they're doing really well, all three teams. So what's interesting is when you stop and take a look at where Boston is in the grand scheme of things, it's not going very well. The Bruins are probably the best team, probably, but they've been really inconsistent in the postseason. The Celtics are young and up and coming, but they're kind of scuffling around and you know, there's a lot of really, you know, they're not one of the elite teams in the NBA. I mean, they're one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, but not an elite team in the NBA. And there could be a major trade coming. There could be something really, you know, exotic coming. But they won it in 2008, and that seems like a long time ago. 13 years ago was the last time Boston won the NBA championship. So it is wild to watch the Red Sox, who have always kind of carried the, the flag of this region. And, and I've always said, like, no matter what the Patriots do, Boston will always, it'll always be a baseball town first. It'll always be a free, a baseball region first. It's just there's something in the water there. You just grow up playing catch with your dad and you know playing little league and whatnot. It's just in the mindset. You know, in, in Alabama, it's football. In in Massachusetts, it's baseball. It's just what's in the water there. It's what's in the the culture. Boston baseball wise is not going to be good this year. And it may be a little while before Heim Bloom gets the re- gets the players that he wants and the ability to go and I don't know turn the Red Sox into Tampa, where you have a somewhat of a reasonable payroll and just outstanding players who are playing below market value. I don't know, but that outfield <laughs> next year for the Red Sox or this year for the Red Sox, oh boy, it is not going to be Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Andrew Benintendi. I can tell you that right now, after that trade to the Royals giving up on a guy who pretty much is in his prime. Our four big stories comes at you next, what we're covering for you here on a Thursday. It's Pushing the Odds on SportsGrid Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. TV, satellite, and our mobile app. We make it easy. Like, real easy. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. So the internet was aflame yesterday with the Tampa Bay Parade, Boat Parade, whatever you want to call that thing on the water yesterday. Brady showing up with his $2 million boat. Brady throwing 
the Lombardi Trophy across the water to another boat where Rob Gronkowski was. It looks like Cameron Brait was the one who actually caught the Lombardi Trophy that ended up flipping over. And then Tom Brady not being able to walk off of the boat without help. Not the Patriots' way of partying. That was a very unique situation for Tampa. But good for Brady being able to let loose a little bit and have a good time. If they had missed the Lombardi Trophy, there was 80 feet of water underneath the boats in which Brady threw the trophy from boat to boat. I don't know how many sheets to the wind Brady was when he threw it, but he was a bunch. And you could hear his daughter Vivian saying, no, daddy, no. Like, even his daughter knew, like, dad, this is not a good idea to throw this thing. And, well, he went ahead and chucked the thing across, and it was caught, and it was an incredible video. Both sides of the video, from Brady's boat to the other boat, was really wild. You know, Gronk being Gronk, I mean, that's not that shocking to see Gronkowski having a good time and and enjoying himself. And You know, (laughs) Brady, different world. I mean, Brady was on a different uh, on a different level last night, and we don't normally see him let loose like that. And you know, that's kind of the way that this whole thing has gone, right? Brady wanted to get away from the cold. The pictures of the 2018 Patriot Parade in the duck boats, bundled, freezing, you know, just looking miserable, versus being on the water in Tampa having a great time. Drinking. I mean, I think all of us at one point or another, we probably have been there where you wind up having, you know, you're on the water, you're in the sun, you have a little bit too much to drink. Brady was on Twitter afterwards kind of making fun of himself a little bit, saying, you know, it was just tequila and it was um, avocado tequila, he called it, is what he was when he was drinking. But, like, you know, he, he's walking off with the whole T-Rex arms and the shoulder shrug and... I mean, I've seen, I, I mean, I've been like that, I guess, a couple of times in my life, but more, a lot of my friends, I'm, I'm normally the guy carrying one of my friends. I'm that guy. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the father, if you will, carrying my friends to safety after they've had too much either here in Vegas or somebody or somewhere else. But, you know, look, good for the Bucks, good for Brady. And, well, I loved everything about that until they got to the podium when they started to get to a microphone to talk. And that's where we'll start the big four because the parade was awesome. The celebration was great. Brady got drunk. We watched him throw the Lombardi. We watched him show up with his own boat, his own $2 million boat, which was blue and really interesting and wild. And then Jason Light, the GM, did what I didn't want to hear. I don't like it. And maybe I'm old school. Maybe Belichick got into my brain. Maybe as a Patriot fan, I don't like declarations, guarantees, saying you're going to go and win it again. Because you're setting yourself up. I know basically every team does this, but this is the general manager on the podium who clearly had been drinking. We saw pictures of him drinking. And I think the sauce got to Jason Light a little bit. We may not have that audio. We'll wait and see if we can play that audio. But it hasn't been done for 16 years where someone has repeated as NFL champs. So that's a little bit of a problem, right? I mean, that's an issue. That's a problem. And you put that up there. You put that target on your back. You're going to have it anyway because you're the champion. But mm, I don't know. Now, let's see if number two will fire. The Brooklyn Nets 
did what we thought they were going to do last night against Indiana. They won, and they covered the two-point line. What was surprising about the win is that they played defense, something this team has not done really at all this year. It's kind of a shock, right? The overs have been hitting so consistently with the Nets because they score with anyone in the NBA, but they don't stop everybody in the NBA. But last night, they played good defense against the Indiana Pacers. They hit their free throws and played defense, which is like, what the? Brooklyn looked pretty good, and I figured they would do that because once all the, the media started to pay attention with like, wait a minute, you lost three games in a row, four of five, what is going on with you? James Harden and company rose up. Big win for them last night before they went on the road. Harden after the win last night. And hopefully tonight, you know, go, before going on this road, West Coast trip, uh, going on the road, this is a great start for us. You know, so we just got to you know, build this momentum defensively. Uh, like I said, because offensively, you know, it's pretty much easy. We got shot makers. We got shot creators. Um, so, but defensively, if we can tie in like we did today, um, then, you know, we can, we can start winning, winning some games consecutively. Let's see as they go to the West Coast. Number three, could the Raiders be trading Derek Carr? This is kind of a what moment. So yesterday, his name popped up from his brother, who was talking David Carr on the NFL Network. And we all kind of did a double take here in Vegas, like, wait, what? Because there was and there is a lot of talk about Marcus Mariota being traded. He's a backup quarterback who started many times and drafted to play, played big games for the Titans. He played pretty well when he came in late in the year to spell Derek Carr when he got hurt. And so the thought was, okay, Derek Carr is the quarterback in Vegas, and Marcus Mariota might get traded. But because of how much money the backup is making and the fact that, well, it looks really like John Gruden likes Marcus Mariota, could we actually see a trade for Derek Carr? David Carr yesterday posing this question and making a declaration about the Raiders' commitment to, to his brother on the NFL Network. I'll tell you that Derek is Derek doesn't like any of the noise that's happened over the last couple of years, and it's because of one major issue. It's it's what is said inside the building is different than the noise that he hears in the external. And on not I'm not saying our shows, I'm saying everywhere. I mean, the trade rumors for Derek have been widely um, reported. So I'll say this to Ian's uh, report. There have been at least four teams that have tried to trade for Derek. One team tried to trade for Derek a couple times during the season, and they were told no point blank, and they've continued to be told no. So that's interesting. I would, I mean, I guess I have to think about which team would make the most sense for Derek Carr to go to, but I like Derek Carr. I don't know if he's a championship-caliber quarterback, but I think he has earned the right to be the starting quarterback in Vegas. I don't think that they have fallen apart because of the offense. It's been all the defense. Their defensive players haven't developed. That's why they made the, the firings. They score a lot. I mean, look, Waller's a household name because of Derek Carr. And Darren Waller's a weapon and a half. But I, I, I think it's more about the defense to me. Fourth and finally, Mark Cuban sure stepped in it yesterday. He told the world the Mavericks were going to stop playing the national anthem before home games. And that caused the NBA to put a stop to that real quick. Issuing a statement saying, oh no, you're not going to do that. You're going to play the national anthem. Every team in the NBA must play the anthem before the game. You don't just unilaterally decide that. And that caused Mark Cuban to go into a whole big PR spin. And Mark Cuban appeared on ESPN yesterday to explain why he made that call to stop playing the anthem. Look, we have no problem playing the national anthem at all. I stand for the national anthem. My hand is always over my heart. We've supported the National Flag Foundation and done work with them. You know, that isn't the issue at all. The, the real issue is how do you 
how do you express the voices of those who feel the anthem doesn't represent them or cause, causes them consternation? It's a decent question. It's a decent point. The problem is, by not playing the anthem, you're going to make a lot of people angry. While trying to understand and listen to those people that may feel like the anthem doesn't represent them, you're going to make a lot more people angry who do feel like the anthem represents them. And that's a fight that NBA teams I don't think want to get into. I don't think any sports team. Look, I don't think the anthem should be played before anything. All right? That's just my own personal belief. I think playing the anthem before a sporting event is weird. But you do it. And then the whole entire league decides not to do it. Not just one team deciding not to play the national anthem. And you could see it coming. I mean, given the week that it is, I talked about it yesterday. It's a down week. It's a quiet week. You're going to turn around and do it that right now? The blowback was swift, loud, and quick. And the backtracking happened just as quick by Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks. Let's get to some picks and plays for tonight. Bets I've made, bets I'm eyeballing tonight in college basketball, the NHL, and the NBA. And then Dave Sherapin comes in for the Bostonian versus the book. Don't move. It's pushing the odds. Sports Grid. Channel 2. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. 702751, Matt, our text line, 702751-6288. As we roll here on Sports Grid Channel 204, Dave Sherapin's going to join us in the next segment for the Bostonian versus the book. We are going to bet it or book it. As I'll tell Dave what I like for bets tonight, he says either yes or no on them. And we will... I'll hit on a couple things here before we get to Dave, and I got other picks to kind of talk about. But one thing is that the Raptors have announced that they're going to finish their entire year in Tampa. They're not going to go back to Canada. And that's got some people thinking that Kyle Lowry has played his last game in Toronto. The Raptors are 10 and 5 since starting out 2 and 8. They play the Celtics tonight. And. They may get back to 500 if they win that game tonight. I don't like the way that the Celtics are playing recently. I'm a little concerned. The Marcus Smart injury is pretty significant from their defense. And I, I just, that West Coast swing, tough to go out there. But I feel like Boston right now is trying to score too much, meaning they're just trying to be all offense and not enough defense. In today's NBA, you got to be able to shoot and score. But defensively, that's where Brad Stevens and the Boston Celtics have made their mark. And to, to look at the game tonight, it's it's kind of tough to see Boston winning the game tonight, even though they're at home. Just the way that the Raptors are playing. I mean, Boston, you know, it, it's been interesting to see how, you know, Boston's three-point home favorites, they opened up at five-point home favorites, I believe that line was. Now it's on to three. Uh, you know, I, I think the Raptors are the right side there. And, you know, Lowry's playing really well. Siakam's coming around as well. And, and Boston's 12-11 and 11 right now. 12 and 13 for the Raptors, but they're red hot, like I mentioned. So they've been beating up on some pretty bad teams, but they beat Brooklyn, which was a big win, beat Memphis, beat beat Washington. They did lose to the Hawks, which was kind of a strange loss for them, but they've won four of the last five. Boston on the other side lost to Sacramento. They beat the Clippers, then they lost to Phoenix, and they lost to Utah. 
in those final games on the West Coast. They wind up going two and three on that West Coast swing. So now they're back at home, which is good. I mean, not like there's a big home court advantage tonight, but I think the Raptors are the right side. This is a game I will live bet. I will watch this and see what it's like and see where it goes early. And if Boston comes out and they're playing defense and hitting threes, I mean, Brad Stevens at home normally, Boston... I mean, we'll see how much line movement goes into this game, too. I mean, I mean, had to get closer to tip, what's this line? Does it get down further, you know, two, one, somewhere in that range, and then Boston just has to win the game. But I, there's a lot of steam here on Boston, sorry, on, on, uh, on the Raptors, and the money line's down to 160, minus 160 for the Celtics at home tonight against the Raptors. So I can clearly see that. The line movement, the most line, you know, the crazy line movement is the West Coast game here uh, for the Golden State Warriors, who are eight and five at home against the Orlando Magic, who are nine and sixteen overall and ten and fifteen against the number. This line has gone from five to eight, and it's eight and a half at certain books right now. I mean, Orlando is on a three-game losing streak right now, and they have not looked good. Oh, sorry, they're on a, no, they lost two games in a row. They've lost four or five. They have not looked good in those losses, and they just lost to Portland, 106 to 97, and now they're back against this team for the Warriors, who are back off of this four-game road trip where they went two and two on the road trip, but last time home, they beat the Celtics, 111 to 107, and Steph has been tremendous. He's been really, really good, and it's been fun to watch him. You know, he's kind of having to put the team on his back at certain points, but I got this number at five. It's all the way up to eight, eight and a half. I, I, the Magic, again, are just not a very good basketball team right now, and they're on the West Coast, and this is not a good place to be. You aren't really going to find yourself on the West Coast. So those are uh, that's a game I like. And then Philadelphia on the road at Portland. I went and looked at this. I mean, I got it at 229 for a total. It's 229 and a half. It's ticked up here a little bit. The, the number hasn't moved. It feels like Portland is the right side here at home, catching five and a half against the Sixers. But these two teams, when they play each other, normally it's very high scoring. We don't see a lot of defense. And the last time it was 129-128 when Portland, I think the Sixers won it last year. I forget who which team won it. It was 128-129. Either Portland won it or Philly won it. I think Philly won it by one. But uh, the game went way over last time out. I, I think this game goes way over again tonight. So I like Philly and and Portland. I like offense. Take the over 229 and a, 229, 229 and a half. I'm cool with that. I mean, I think, I think you'll probably see the game, you know, both teams approaching 120 points here tonight uh, in this one. So high-scoring game, not a lot of defense. Joel Embiid, I mean, this is always every day when you bet a Sixers game, you've got to watch and see if Embiid's going to play. By everything I've read, Embiid's going to play. So he's, he's coming off a really good game last time out. Uh, up against Sacramento, a 119-111 win when people were like, wow, are the Kings going to beat the Sixers? And the Sixers were five-and-a-half, six-point favorites in that game. They went up winning by eight. They're, they're again, five-and-a-half, six-point favorites here against Portland. We'll see what happens. But this feels like a Damian Lillard type of explosion game. TNT, you know, big team in the in the East, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference with an 18-7 and record overall, 7-5 and on the road up against the Trailblazers. So you've got a national audience. Embiid, I think Embiid wants to try to go for this MVP thing. And even though LeBron is right now really trying to win the MVP, I think Embiid wants to be in the conversation. So he's got to play 
And in moments like this, where the country is going to be watching, you got to go and put up a big number. So I, I'm really curious to watch this game. 10 o'clock on the East Coast, Sixers on the road at Portland to see what that. I don't expect a lot of defense. I expect a whole lot of offense coming in that game. So I bet the over there at 229. I don't mind 229 and a half there for that. Now, there's a couple games here in the NHL that are very interesting. And. I almost jumped back on the Montreal Canadiens who lost last night at home against the Maple Leafs. That was a little bit of a burn. I, I really expected them to bounce back and play better than they did. They ended up losing. They went down 3-1, lost a game 3-2. So here they are again at home, welcoming in Edmonton, who's a pretty good team, 8-7 and seven on the, so far for Edmonton. I, I decided to stay away from this one and instead eyeball the really bad teams in the NHL. So Winnipeg is at home against Ottawa. Ottawa's 2-11-1. I've made a good amount of money just fading Ottawa this year, and I'm just going to keep on fading Ottawa until they show me they can do very much. I like Winnipeg to win tonight. I like the Vegas Golden Knights, which is wild. Their game is going to be played. There was, I mean, they canceled the post-game press conference due to COVID-19 issues the last time, and it was because of a positive test for Tomas Nosek. And, I, I mean, it, we're playing the game. I mean, this was, this is kind of wild here. The game is on, and I, I mean, Thomas Nosek was positive, and yet the Golden Knights have been shut down already. The NHL said Nosek was pulled upon notification that he had returned a positive test, which is in precise accordance with the terms of the league's COVID protocol. Nosek was immediately isolated from his teammates, and in close contact tracing started. But this game's on tonight, <laughs> which is like, what? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I thought this game, I, I, the hope is that no one, nobody else tests positive, but the Golden Knights have already been shut down once, and this game is being played tonight. It's still on the schedule for the Golden Knights hosting the Anaheim Ducks. So I like Vegas to win this game tonight. They're 8-1-1 on the year. They're undefeated at home, and Anaheim's not any good. Vegas blew three two-goal leads in the first game a couple days ago. I mean, that was ridiculous. I mean, that's just like, come on now. And Marc-Andre Fleury was in the net. You, you should probably see Robert Leonard coming up tonight in net for the Vegas Golden Knights. If you want to parlay Winnipeg and the Vegas Golden Knights together on a money line parlay, that is plus 115, plus 110, somewhere in that range. Both these teams are pretty heavy favorites, you know, minus 200, minus 220, somewhere in that range tonight against some bad teams. So you take two good teams at home against two bad teams, and home favorites in the NHL have been doing very, very well this year. And so I went ahead and grabbed onto that. And then the other game I was looking at in the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks are at home against the Columbus Blue Jackets. There are some people that I trust, that I like, that I respect, that are on Columbus tonight. It was even money last night. That's changed a little bit now. I think it's like minus 105 at most books for the Blue Jackets on the road at Chicago. But the Blackhawks have been playing pretty well. The last two times these teams played this year, and for the last five these two teams have played, the under has hit. And so I think... I, I, I want to take Columbus. I got a little concerned because of the way the Blackhawks have been playing recently, but both these teams aren't great offensively. This, I think, fits right into the way the Blue Jackets want to play, a grinder of a hockey game. Maybe we get like a 3-2 type of game here. I mean, the Blackhawks won 2-1 to one the last two times out against Dallas, and it was a 3-1 win over Columbus. The last time they played, the total is 5.5. 
juiced up a little bit. I got it at minus 115 for the under. I think it's maybe minus 120 now. But I took the under for Columbus and the Chicago Blackhawks coming up here tonight uh, for that. And college basketball, there, there really isn't much that I'm looking at here. I, I, I've bet Boise State at home against UNLV. And I think, boy, I mean, it, the line's coming down, so I'm, I'm, I'm losing. I got a worse number than it's available right now. I I got a 10.5 last night. It's now down to 9.5. It is. It does feel like a little bit of a heavy lift. But Boise's at home, and they haven't been playing great. But that game's on CBS Sports Network tonight. And, and Boise has been one of my favorite teams to bet on this year. They've been awesome against the spread. UNLV has won a couple of games They've won two in a row, and so maybe they're feeling, you know, better. Maybe they're feeling excited about where they are, and then Boise's just going to – I mean, Boise's lost three of four. So maybe it's time for Boise State to kind of fix everything and right the ship. I was on that Nevada game. I, I lost the first one. I stayed away in the second one. They lost by two in the first game against Nevada, and then 11 in the second game. Dave Sheriffin joins us next. Get his take on some of these plays. We betting it or booking it. Bostonian versus the book next here on Pushing the Odds. Sports Grid Sound Tool. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pushing the odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. Sometimes technology just doesn't want to work. <laughs> so when it works, and once we grab them, we will throw on our guy Dave Sherapin at Sports BK Consig about the Bostonian versus the book. What happens? I tell Dave a play I like. He says bet it or book it. If he bets it, he likes it. If he books it, he doesn't like it. All right, let's head to and talk to our good guy Dave Sherapin here on Pushing the Odds. What's up, my friend? How are you? You all recover from the colonoscopy? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. That was. Uh... That was interesting. You learned a lot about yourself. You learned a lot about uh, how stuff works. And uh, <laughs> knock on wood, everything's good. Everything's good. You just, were you awake? Or, sure. Were you awake or no. were you out? Oh, out. Good. Out. That, 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 oh, yeah, that's stuff that makes you go out. That's good stuff. I can tell you that. That was a good sleep. That was a really good sleep. <laughs> um, but the day before... You can't get too far away from a bathroom. I know that. Like, um, all the props are over for, for number of trips to the bathroom, all that other stuff. Just bet it all over. You didn't. That's I didn't so know funny. I, that I didn't. I didn't have that. Like when I had my colonoscopy, they just had me fast. I I just couldn't eat for basically like a day. I didn't have to take anything of the of 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 like the the the, the going in the bathroom type of medicine. So I, I, oh, I think wow. I missed that. Yeah. I did all of that. I, I fasted and drank water the entire day. And um, so you didn't think you'd be doing anything. But, uh, yeah, I was trips to the bathroom. Over. 
just go over. <laughs> well, hopefully everything's good. It's it's definitely a unique experience for sure. And then the video afterwards is like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> you start that seeing is the, very weird. <laughs> the, the fiber optic is like, okay, I don't think I need to see that part of myself, but that's great. Thank you for showing me. Really appreciate you doing that. All right, so we got some games tonight I want to get your take on. But let me ask you from a book perspective, what is the week after the Super Bowl like? After you've run the marathon did you take vacation? Do you just kind of relax? I mean, what's the week after the big game like? Well, it's usually like the top guys are all gone. Everybody goes on vacation. Or, or you schedule like colonoscopy visits like the week after. You, everything you've been putting off, everything you've been having to just wait for and, and just, you know, I'll get to it then, I'll get to it then. It's all the week after the Super Bowl. It, the, the week after in the book is is like slow. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're still like a lot of times cashing tickets, answering mm. post questions. Why didn't I win this prop bet? I mean, unlike you on my podcast where you came on and you picked every prop you gave right. <laughs> and by the way, super props to you for that. The only guy to do that. But you, yeah, you, you just, you cash tickets, you answer questions and that's it. Like everybody kind of takes a break from from betting, like the regulars, sometimes it's a lot of goodbyes. You know, people cash their tickets, and then they don't make another bet until preseason football come August. So, mm. um, you know, it's a lot of, like, high fives, fist bumps, elbows, whatever it is now, where it's like, hey, I'll see you later. And they mean it because they don't come in. They don't even dabble in NBA. Uh, there's no college basketball to them. Hockey doesn't exist. Um, you, you can't even get them in the book. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's almost like an exit interview for some people. For those of us that have to stay in the book and keep grinding, man, it's just move on to the next thing. Like, let's get to hockey. You're turning into a hockey guy with all your picks now. Like, you're mm. really all over the hockey. I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it just it's kind of a transition the week after. So l- let me talk to you a little bit about the NBA and, and, and what you're seeing just from a recreational player's perspective. I, I, I mean, I've been really hesitant to, to bet the NBA and, and the folks that I do my podcast with. We actually had a call about it because they were like, hey, you, you kind of need to bet the NBA. People want to bet the NBA. You need to be more active in the NBA. And I was like, I hate betting on the NBA because I, I bet overnight and I feel like betting overnight. I'm always getting burned by the worst number and I'm getting burned. And they like basically said like okay we'll make some concessions that like you know we'll, we'll we'll track your covid cases if there's a problem we'll we'll then you you can make a point and maybe we have you stop doing the nba but for now bet the nba so i was like all right fine so now i'm getting more involved with betting the nba but you know what advice do you have for people if they're frustrated with the national basketball association because of everything that's going on in 2021 bet hockey <laughs> I mean, right. it's, it's, the, it's the hardest market to beat just in general. Like, what, not football, anything not football. The NBA, I still think, until years past, you would get to this time of year, and then teams would start to tank it. And you had an advantage, I think, betting, because when yeah. teams that were playing were playing against teams that weren't, it didn't matter really what you made the number they covered. Like, you could start to find things. And then when good teams play good teams, you got an honest, legit effort. It's really tough right now. You, between guys sitting out because of COVID, guys resting because of load management, 
whatever's going on. It is very hard, and I don't envy you if the boys are going to make you kind of, you know, have a play or two the night before. That is even adding, you know, times two or times three the level of difficulty. Like, seriously, if you're going to bet this stuff, you've got to wait. Like, and you see it all day. You put these numbers up. I, I check them first thing in the morning. Still, I'm a creature of habit. I'm not working in a book, but I work like I am. I get up. I check the opening number. Even with your podcast, a lot of times I'm looking at the overnight. Nothing moves all day until it moves. And then when it does, it oh. lies. Because, <laughs> oh, it's absurd. So you, you can, I mean, unless you've got the info, you're guessing with a number. It's not, I don't think you're doing yourself any favors having to do it overnight for sure. Um, and if I was to tell you, like, start looking at one thing, start looking at the totals. Yeah. Forget about the size right now. Like, just look at the totals. You might have an advantage there where, you know, you know a game like uh, the, the Celtics played the other night in Utah. The number felt low to me. It was like 220 or 220 and a half. That number should have been 226 at least. Or, you know, so if you're doing the numbers or you're kind of seeing it, you can see totals where you make a play and you feel like, all right, I think I got a really good number there or I have an edge here. But, man, the size right now, oh, Forget it. Very, very tough. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, Boston's going to play here at home for a while. And, and they've, they've got, uh, let's see, they'll play one on the road, but they'll play five of the next six at home. So I, I can give this out. People probably will forget this trend by the time they play on the road a lot. But I found a really wild trend about Boston. When they're on the road as underdogs, the over is 9-2-1 and one over the last yep. – 12 games for Boston. So I've written that three straight times. That West Coast road trip was very good for me with Boston. So I was able to find that trend. It hit every time, including that Utah game where the total went over and Boston went over. So how do you feel about Portland and Philadelphia tonight? I got over 229. It's 229 and a half at maybe 230 at different books, depending on where it is. But what do you feel about Portland or Philly tonight on TNT? You're going to bet it or book it. I really, the Sixers, I got turned on to the Sixers very early on. I got a, a couple guys, newbies, one of them, um, that, that turned me on to the Sixers. I really, really am impressed with, one, the way they play, but, two, they're closing games. Like, mm. this number's five and a half on the road. This is, that, that one's a little, it's, that's hard to say, but the total I like over. I'm with you. I think, um, I think the, the Sixers are not looking to, kind of like nurse a lead, they're looking to extend leads when they get them. And the Trailblazers, look, they can just fill it up. There's nights that they just score. So Mm. 229.5, don't be afraid. It's the highest total on the board today, and it's uh, by a lot. But I think if you're going to play this game, I think the over rather than the under for sure. So I'll I'll bet it with you. All right, speaking of line movement, so I bet the Warriors last night at home against Orlando, a team that's 10-15 and 15 against the number, lost the last game on the road at Portland. The Warriors are, I got it five. It's now eight and a half. Dave, you talked about line move. This is ridiculous. Eight and a half. I mean, I got five, so let's play the number that I got. That was the opening number last night at five. But my gosh, is it, are the Warriors the right side, or am I going to get killed here because I've got everyone's loving closing line value, which doesn't always mean anything. No, like that move, that quick, 
tells me that maybe a couple guys in Orlando are on the were out a little bit late last night, or maybe aren't feeling good, or something's up. That move is not so much on the Warriors; it's against Orlando. Yeah. You got five in a game that's eight. I don't even care who the teams are. I'm betting it. That's a simple <laughs> one. That's easy. We're laying that five for sure. Okay, so you like the closing line value. I've been burned my last three bets that I've had insane oh. three or more point closing line value. I've lost. So I'm a little I'm a little gun shy about having the best number on the board because it's meant jack to me over the last couple of weeks. So hopefully that's right. All right, one more one game in the NHL I want to get your take on. It's kind of a boring one, but the Chicago Blackhawks are at home against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Betting unders in the NHL has not been great, but this team, these two teams, two times this year, both times the under, for the last five between Chicago and Columbus to the under. I'm going under five and a half goals tonight with Columbus and Chicago. You're going to bet it or book it. Wow, look at you. This is, this is good. So betting the NHL this season is very different because they're playing the same teams eight times. It's almost like a division series. Every team you play. Yeah. And the games kind of play very similar to each other as they go. Two games of these two teams, both unders. Why would this be any different? We have to confirm the goalies. We're both, but if we get both number one goalies in this thing, I like the under as well. It's probably going to end up juiced to the under. I'm seeing some places already going to five and a half under 15. It's probably going to five and a half under 20. So if you see five and a half flat, bet it under. Expect a close game. You may need overtime or an empty netter to decide it, but three, two or less, and we're good. I like the under. Oh, wow. Look at you. You're three and oh on my plays tonight. All right. That's kind of exciting. Hey, you're hot, man. You're I mean, listen, when you're <laughs> when you're running bad, I mean I'm I'll book it every day. But I'm paying attention to what's going on. You're on you're on Fuego again. Smoking hot. And uh, yeah, let's ride with you. Let's, all right. That's all simple. Fifteen and three over the last four days. I I, I can't I can't complain. Uh, it's 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 been good. It's 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 been a good little run. It's always great to have you on, my friend. Have a phenomenal weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. All right. Sounds good. See you, hockey guy. That is Dave Sherapan at Sports BK Consig on Twitter. Here I'm pushing the odds. I. I mean, I'm for, I'm uh, oh, since July of last year in the bubble, I'm now 64 and 48 betting on hockey, up six and a half units. All right, that's that's where I've been on my podcast on this show. That's officially tracked. That's kind of where I am. So, I, I mean, th- okay, <laughs> I'm turning into a hockey better. I don't really, I don't mean to be turning into a hockey better. It's just. You want to cash tickets, right? The idea is to win, and you have to follow where you're winning. And, and right now, I'm winning in hockey. And I think there are a lot of other people out there who are winning in hockey. And hockey seems to be a bit more predictable and a bit more stable. Even though I lost the Montreal bet last night with the Canadiens against the Maple Leafs, it just feels like, and that was a coin flip, great hockey game, but it just feels like NHL betting right now is a little bit less volatile than college basketball in the NBA. Just a personal take. More to come. It's Pushing the Odds. Sports Grid Channel 2. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
You're listening to Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt. You know, I don't always get to the front or be in the forefront of a story that tends to mushroom. Normally, I'm covering it after it's already exploded. But on Monday, we were here telling you about this Russell Wilson situation with the Seattle Seahawks. And I said, look, this feels like it's going to end in a divorce. I'm hearing things. It's been wild. Friends of mine are, I'm just, I'm getting text messages from friends of mine who are like, hey, there's some stuff going on here. And then Russell Wilson decides to go on the Dan Patrick show and he starts talking about he isn't really happy with the way things are going. And then him and his wife sit down for an interview with GQ. And I mean, the things that are being said here, you have to read the whole thing with him and Sierra. But I mean, primarily it's on like his wife, his marriage, his family life and blah, blah, blah. But like, in terms of what's going on, I, I, I mean, he said the whole point of doing it is to win it all. So, you know, if you're second, you're last. And then it goes on to talk about the fact that his whole life is built upon, you know, perfection and winning doesn't yield perfect perfection, but he wants to try to attempt that. It's all it's all kind of like this, like really weird mind bleep conversation with Russell Wilson, but like he wants to be involved in personnel decisions. That's not going to happen. He's upset with the fact that the offensive line has got him hit too many times, but as pro football folk has brought up, he had 14 sacks that were his fault last year that was second tied for second highest in the NFL. So he, he was hanging on to the ball for too long, not getting rid of the ball. New offensive coordinator coming in, new owner in Seattle, I, I mean, how does him and Pete Carroll figure out? I mean, do they go forward? I don't know, man. It feels like this is going to be a divorce this offseason. And if that's the case, where does it happen and where does he go? And then what does the cap hit look like for the Seahawks if they do have to remove or they trade Russell Wilson? Woo. All right, more on the NFL. We have Sam Munson from Popable Focus coming on at 40 past in the next hour. We'll welcome in Sports Map next. One more hour to go. Don't move. Pushing the odds. Sports Grid Channel. 